Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Daily Objective. And today we're going to be talking about Facebook in Australia, Facebook versus Australian legislation, all kinds of things involving Facebook and Australia. Um, now, uh, if, in case you thought I was going to be done talking about my COVID status for a while, you were right until it resurfaced yesterday. I had a terrible chest pain attack. And as I was laying there, uh, feeling like an animal, it basically was like, all I could do is focus on breathing. I had no bandwidth to think about anything conceptual whatsoever, no abstraction. So that's no way to live folks, which is why we're here to talk philosophy and ideas. So my understanding of the situation in Australia is that uh, legislation looked very likely to pass that would require Facebook to um, adjust their policy to, I guess, inform news organizations of any changes to the algorithm, basically give the news organizations more of a uh, leg up in reaching people and, do, and doing something that Facebook doesn't typically do. In addition to that, Facebook would be required, I think, to pay the news organizations when their videos and articles are shared. So it was uh, something uh, that would be required of Facebook to change, which is not Facebook's uh, general policy already. And Facebook's response was, in my understanding, to block all news from uh, Facebook in Australia, that is, in Australia. So... Um, I imagine there's some conflict among uh, a lot of people right now. On one hand, you know, the media is evil, right? We hate the media. There's nothing good coming out of the news and the media. So good. But then wait, we also hate big tech, right? We hate Facebook. They are communists. They are, uh, you know, they are Orwell's uh, uh, dream, dream nightmare manifest. And now Facebook is, in a sense, shrugging. They're saying, all right, you, you don't want us in Australia doing things our way. Good luck. Now, this should be great news for all the Facebook haters, right? This should be great news for all the big tech uh, fearers out there, people who fear big tech. There you go. Facebook is leaving. This should be exactly what you want. Um, or they're not leaving, but they're blocking news. So good, right? Now, Facebook will not be manipulating the algorithm to give you, you know, leftist news. They're not going to force you to vote leftist anymore. This should be excellent news to all the anti-big tech folks. But anyway, you know, I'll, I'll stop mocking everybody here and just say, I think this is great. This is a rare sign of a company uh, showing their, uh, their teeth a little bit and or uh, I guess just sort of uh, having a spine, just kind of like, I guess, shrugging really is the best uh, analogy, the best uh, imagery to use here. So good stuff, bad stuff. Let's talk to a guy who, um, when they make uh, The Social Network Part 2, who could he play? Hmm, interesting. I know, uh, what's his name? Eisenberg is, is, playing, is probably going to play Zuckerberg again. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, let us know in the comments. How does that sound? By the way, uh, as soon as this episode is done, we will be jumping over on the Clubhouse app. It's a hot new app for iPhone users. Uh, get an iPhone real quick. Join us on Clubhouse. We are going to be um, continuing the discussion. And we're doing this after every episode, as well as other events we're going to be doing on Clubhouse. Guys, fight big tech. Join Clubhouse. It's much smaller than Facebook right now. And uh, find Rozzy Ginsburg. That's Rozzy with a Z. Rozzy Ginsburg, both in his first and last name. Uh, he'll add you to the room. Anyway, um, 
Let's talk to a guy who uh, we want to find out who he's going to play in the social network too. But also, we'll talk about Australia and Facebook and news and legislation. It's Mark Pellegrino. What's up? I'm playing protester number one. So just look for me. Look for me in the crowd. You know, in these tough times, extra work is still work. That's what I say. I'll take it. I'll take it. So what, 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 uh, what inspired this legislation? Do you know? At all? I, uh, Depends who you ask. I mean, uh, there's there's probably, you know, anytime uh, we're dealing with a lobby system, which is exactly what we have in every developed country, um, you could kind of easily point to a lobby, you know, like the big news media or even just, I don't know, some other lobby that has an interest in this type of thing, legislation passing. And you could say, well, it's them putting pressure on politicians, but also it's just the general lack of understanding of how the internet works, all these geriatrics that basically run every country kind of by seniority, they are listening to the, uh, I hate to say this word, boomers. And I don't mean this in a hateful way, guys. I'm writing a book called We're All Boomers Now because just no one seems to understand anything, any, the internet and technology. But um, people, they, they don't understand the internet and it's going to get worse now because new, you know, as Facebook starts blocking things related to news, they're going to end up blocking you know, meme pages that talk about uh, the news. And there's also going to be a booming cottage industry of people doing a comedy page on Facebook that's actually reporting the news. And then, you know, Babylon B or is going to get blocked on Facebook because they're doing fake news and joke news and all these things are going to happen. So it's going to get worse. There's going to be more finger pointing, more Orwellian accusations. Oh, this is Orwell. No, that's Orwell. No, you're Orwell. No, you're Orwell. So I don't know who did this. What do you well, think? I think I, th- I, th- I think actually Facebook did inadvertently block some emergency services and weather reporting news by accident. So we've already seen some of the uh, unintended consequences of this. No, I mean I'm I, I'm always leery of legislation that interferes with uh be- with relationships between people or organizations that uh, aren't harming each other and seem to be perfectly happy the way they are. Um, I. I I mean, I can I can only say I wish the government would stop trying to help us um, because the more they try to help us, the worse things get. And clearly something like this will have one result, and that is to restrict the flow of information, which you and I, all, all of us, every human being needs to live a great life. We need the more information, the better. I know it seems overwhelming. Uh, people get overwhelmed by choice and all the stuff out there, but I'd rather have the choice and all the stuff out there than and nothing at all, or 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 some legislator in Australia determining what what I should have and what what I shouldn't have. Right, and I think this type of legislation is meant to help out establishment legacy media more than anyone else. But we also know that in recent years, alternative news has sort of become so big they are like. Uh, the pigs and animal farm at the end. You can't really tell the difference between them. And I've become so anti-alternative news. Like I've become so anti <clears throat> what has happened, you know, anti-Trump, anti-alternative news. I just, I see it as worse than the problem it was purported to, to address. Now um, we've got like, if, <clears throat> if CNN basically reports things frivolously or or dishonestly, now we've got just anyone with a phone on earth could report the news. And now they're alternative news it could go viral on twitter or youtube anyone could videotape anything and tell you what you're watching but you're only seeing part of the context and it grows at times into gigantuan channels on youtube and 
Facebook pages. And so like, I mean, this is sort of a silencing of alternative news along with the legacy media all in one, isn't it? When Facebook blocks just news in general. I mean, you're right that those that's the downside of democratizing news and, and everybody being a creator of content. But the upside is, uh, I mean, but there's an enormous downside to the establishment uh, news as well, where what is con- what's considered newsworthy is vetted through an, uh, an establishment that has more potential to be mono- intellectually monolithic, right? I mean, uh, and the establishment is, news media, the legacy, what we call the legacy news media seems to be turning in that direction right now and solidifying a, a particular sort of political ethical outlook and reading everything through that lens and, and editorializing everything through that lens. And to me, the wider array of choices that I have, I can, I can, you know, if I do a little work, distinguish between what's true and what's false. But thank God the information is out there to counter what the legacy media is telling us. I mean, uh, j- just one simple example, listen to the legacy media talking about what's happening in Texas and listen to somebody like Alex, Alex Epstein on the Power Hour discussing what's happening in Texas and which is more mindful which, which has human thriving in mind, which has the truth as its orientation, and which side is trying to pass off a ideology on us in the name of information. Uh, legacy, legacy media seems to be increasingly passing off ideology. Yeah, which is a cut above the uh, media sources that'll explain to you how either it's, uh, it's Ted Cruz who, who's, who's pulling a fast one, or it's this, or it's that. It's, it's lack of a Green New Deal. It is the Green New Deal. I mean, there's, uh, there's just endless, endless uh, arbitrariness to the uh, alternative news. And by the way, I mean, a bit of a side, sidebar here. I heard somebody mention this Alex Epstein guy in like 2011, and I never needed to be reminded again how to pronounce his last name. That's right. To this day, every people who worked with him for 20 years, everyone I've ever heard keeps calling him Epstein. Um, I forget. I I mean, Epstein. I mean, maybe uh, Facebook should act. Maybe legislation needs to be passed. But anyway, (laughs) uh, jokes aside. Um, Interestingly, you're you're uh, working on a, an organization that that a- aims to sort of limit the damage caused by frivolous accusations that I think sort of come as a result of the democratization of information spreading. So, interestingly enough, you're you're you're. It sounds like you see um, sort of the bright side of the democratization of information sharing around the world by things that the internet brought about, which. I, I definitely see that side, but at the same time, you're, you're very much aware of the damage that comes from anyone being able to express anything and it blows up and wrecks people's careers and, and reputations. Sure. I mean, you're, you, it's incumbent upon every individual to check things out, right? To, to, to see if a story is legitimate or not. And uh, unfortunately, I think uh, some, some types of media like Twitter have gotten us into a uh, uh, into less reflective mode and more impulsive mode. And I think, I think it's, it's much wiser when you see something in the impulsive media like Twitter to be circumspect, to study it out, to see where, to see if this post is actually true, where it's coming from. I know enough people who will, will do the investigation to, before they post something. 
Um, and the fact that there's not, um, that's, that's a consequence of liberty. I mean, this is something that you have to live with if you want to be free. Some people are going to be irresponsible with freedom. Right. And freedom is still within a certain context. I mean, we're using technology that someone else needed to plan out and develop and offer to us. So like, it's all within a certain context. You only, you, you always <laughs> will have the freedom to express yourself in a free country, but the uh, megaphone that big tech provides each one of us um, sort of relies upon their liberty to their IP, to their uh, rights, to their um, economic freedom. In the chat room, we've got a uh, Fab 006 with two CHF, Christina Hoff. I'm not going to say that what the F stands for, but uh, I don't know what kind of currency that is. I hope their their two dollars is like our two thousand dollars. Oh, it's Swiss francs. Apparently, I still don't know what that's worth in American money or even British. Now he says why it's torch. Now that's an Atlas Shrugged reference. If you haven't read Atlas Shrugged, please read it, everybody. It's serious business. Um, a Wyatt, the uh, the industrialist, uh, sets his own um, fields, oil fields, was it? He sets his own oil fields on fire and leaves. Now this is early in the book, so I'm not like spoiling the book for for anybody. But uh, Wyatt's torch came to represent the fires, the sort of ongoing fires over a long amount of time in the mountains of Colorado after Ellis Wyatt set them on fire. And now uh, Fab in the chat is asking, is that what Facebook did here? They sort of set their own business on fire and left in a sense. I mean, they didn't like destroy their whole industry, but they like a lot of people are going to, uh, their, their bottom line will suffer by them just completely blocking all news from their website, but they're going to do it on their terms or not at all. I think that's great. I think that, that it's great that they're standing up to the legislators. Somebody's got to. Yeah. And again, imagine the uh, sort of schizophrenia in the minds of so many people where like on one hand, they hate the media. On the other hand, they hate big tech. On the other hand, and one hand, they hate the, le the government, you know, like the big leftist bad government. They're all communists. But then the government is trying to regulate Facebook, who in turn is turning their back on the Australian news industry, it's, it's, uh, it's quite difficult for unprincipled people without clarity to, uh, to understand what's taking place. And for many of us, even with a good philosophy, it's still difficult at times to decide exactly how we feel about this type of thing. But in this case, I respect uh, what Facebook is doing. I hope it's for the right reasons. I hope their moral certitude is growing at times like these. Uh, thank you, LMH, for the four pounds or euros. I still forget which one. And of course, thank you, Mary Ellen, one for the four dollars American. Now that I know all about. <laughs> so uh, what's going to be next? Um, I wonder how if this thing could grow as as time passes, as more people don't understand how the Internet works, yet inversely, the Internet grows in influence. You're going to see more and more legislation being passed around the world more attempts to nationalize, more <clears throat> various types of uh, attempts by governments and people to control this beast that is the internet. I wonder, uh, I wonder what the future holds. It's, uh, it's, there's a lot. Maybe a lot this of, is, maybe, maybe this is the battleground where, where we really suss out what rights and property mean. Maybe this is the place. 
imagine this is, this is, yeah this is ahead. our megiddo this is our megiddo as they say our megiddo do they say that our megiddo or our, armageddon isn't wasn't megiddo that wasn't that the wasn't that the actual battleground i mean you're the expert lucifer i don't, um, I don't. <laughs> yeah but um yeah i mean I, this imagine silicon valley all these uh all these all this energy and intellect that goes into developing these enormously complex business models and technologies imagine that type of energy also going into the moral uh the sort of moral leg that these things stand on the ethics beneath it imagine imagine that kind of energy and focus going into uh promoting an ethics compatible with capitalism uh the world could become much better very very quickly with the amount of influence that can be had um and it starts with you and me uh so I still uh, still haven't found a better role for you in the social network two than prote protester number two was it number four? But, yeah, uh, something, I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. I'm good with that. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, we are getting ready to jump onto Clubhouse next. Uh, if any of you are um, on on there, look for Rosie Ginsburg and the Ayn Rand Center UK. Pretty soon we'll be able to have actual, a club as it's called. We'll actually have a club that you'll be able to sort of subscribe to or follow or something like that. And by the way, well guys, jump on Clubhouse now while it's still cool, you know, while it's still hip. Because we know how these things go. Eventually, everyone's trying to do everything. So watch. In like five years, Clubhouse will have a DM option, a video posting option, and uh, you know, merch, a merch tab, and original series. There's going to be like an original video series, which you know, hopefully uh, we can premiere the social network too on there. That would be pretty cool. We'll have the, the Congress hearings. We'll have uh, the Australian adventures, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, thank you all for joining us today. This is uh, kind of a happy day. By the way, I would have liked to uh, be on yesterday's episode in remembrance of Rush Limbaugh. He was a very influential person, a lot of, a lot of good and bad. I mean, anytime somebody sort of creates a new field, um, sort of innovates it on that level, which I think applies to Rush, I think they, they are owed um, acknowledgement for that. I think basically anyone doing talk radio today which can be a podcast like this one, people doing long form shows anywhere. Anyone who's done talk radio sort of owes a little bit of a hat tip to Rush Limbaugh. He was an innovator. Um, after regulations were lifted on radio, at the, the so-called fairness doctrine was lifted by, I think, President Reagan. You saw this guy, Rush Limbaugh, just start giving his opinion and he was conservative and just giving his, his extreme opinion nonstop and created a movement. Um, so that's sort of on the positive side. He, um, he uh, created this industry. He sort of uh, innovated and, and unleashed this beast. Now, on the negative side, his contradictions, I think, ultimately caught up with the, him and the movement. The conservative movement ended up becoming something very shitty, if I can be so crass. And um, sadly, in his final days, Rush Limbaugh got on his radio show the day after the storming of the Capitol, and he uh, compared the Trump Trumpers storming the Capitol to the revolutionary, the American revolutionaries. Um, and this is reported by Newsweek, but the full quote is there. Very disheartening. I have uh, thought to myself, you know, there's an old song, I grew, the group New Radicals, they just played the inauguration. 
they had a song called Someday We'll Know, where they, where he, the, the guy sings, he goes, asks, did the captain of the Titanic cry? I always thought that was a really pretty line. And that's what I've wondered. Uh, did Rush Limbaugh watch the storming of that Capitol and kind of feel like the captain of the Titanic? And did he cry? <laughs> Apparently not. He thought he was watching the American Revolution. <laughs> All right. Well, anytime we're uh, sort of uh, out of out of things to talk about, we can trust me to stretch it out to 20 minutes with some of my little tangents. Any thoughts on Rush Limbaugh before we call it a wrap or on anything? Well, I mean, I, for me, he was the beginning of, of uh, me questioning my premises. I used to be on the left and uh, I used to listen to him in the early 90s. And, and he was sort of a springboard for me to start thinking differently. I, I think I passed him up and pushed him behind me, but um, he was the beginning of, of, of thinking for me. So uh, I, I have to thank him for that. That's interesting. I guess maybe for a lot of people, he played that role. Uh, just hearing a person on the air questioning the Democrat establishment left, right? It's like, wow, I can do that? Uh, for me, I was already an Ayn Rand fan when I started paying attention to politics and, and, and talk radio and stuff. So I kind of was seeing the conservatives as sort of an ally, like many people do to this day. But um, I have to... Uh, uh, give thanks to people like Yaron Brook, who took advantage of the emerging media, YouTube and podcasting, to clearly state why the Rush Limbaugh's of the world are not capitalists and they're not objectivists. And, um, you know, where would I be? Where would we be? I, we could be sitting here talking about how great Trump is. So thank you to the objectivists who, uh, who, who led the way and paved the I way. Think, I, I think many of us passed, many of the object, objectivists sort of passed through that the right side of the aisle before we just leave the spectrum altogether. <laughs> yeah. So, and some people never uh, have quite completed that path. That's true. That intermediate state. So anyway, it's all about the journey guys, you know, think independently, follow your judgment. And I believe you'll end up discovering the truth. So anyway, rest in peace, Rush Limbaugh. We got to hand it to him. He's kind of like what Lenny Bruce is in comedy. I think like sort of like the Godfather whom everyone in some way is sort of emulating. That's like Rush Limbaugh with talk radio. And there are other examples, but uh, guess what, guys? We're jumping over to Clubhouse for stoppage time. Bro, thank you all for the super chats, for the regular chats. Thank you for watching, listening. And please consider becoming an ARC UK paid member. Get exclusive content as well as knowing you're helping this thing grow. So uh, maybe someday we can uh, really, really change the world. and feel uh feel good about it at the same time thank you mark and Thanks, see you guys on clubhouse goodbye <laughs>